Hi, Mike. Oh, hi, Chris. Welcome to Building Up to It, episode 133. It's the Chris and Mike show. We've been talking for an hour now, and we really wish we could have brought all that to you, but we can't. It's gone now. So long. <laughs> we'll try to cover most of those topics again, or maybe even some new topics. And I don't think anyone else is joining us tonight. Paul is uh, busy, and everyone else is silent. If we're in the, I guess we're in the Matt Watch. Maybe we're in the um, the, the Ralph Watch 2020. To find out when he comes back. But before we go into uh, a bunch of topics, mainly Star Wars related, maybe. Uh, Mike, what'd you get in the last forever? Oh well, I mean, in forever, I've gotten a lot of stuff, and this would have to be a multi-part episode to go through all that. But we'll just do what I did in the last week. Um, I had a birthday. Happy birthday to me. Uh, May oh, 1st. me too. Oh, happy yeah. birthday to you. That's right. Yeah. I, I did see that. I wish you a happy birthday on Facebook. Yeah. I saw that. So uh, May 1st, it just happens that something came out on May 1st that I was super excited about and I couldn't wait to get. So I ordered this guy right here. This is the uh, UCS A-Wing. And uh, if you guys want to up close and personal look at it, uh, I'm going to be building it this Saturday on the meetup uh, on the Nerds of Spoken podcast channel. So come check it out if nice. uh, if you're interested. Um, and something that's kind of cool because I took advantage of that, uh, that force Friday thing that was going on or the May the 4th, I'm sorry, May the 4th, uh, promo. It came with a whole bunch of like other extras and I got them right here too. Um, this one here is, I guess it's related to the troll movie that came out. Um, oh, that's that man, that bag has been at Walmart for so long. Apparently, some Walmarts had that clearance down to a dollar to get it out of there. Uh, I'd buy them all day at a dollar. You can break them down. But I never found it for that price. But I can still find them for four or five bucks, whatever whatever they cost at Walmart. Yeah, nothing nothing spectacular about it. Pretty basic set. You know, 51 when, pieces. When was the, uh, when was the original um, theater, theatrical release date for that movie supposed to be? Was it? Very beginning of May, was it sometime mid March or sorry, mid April? I'm not sure what the actual date was, but I'm pretty sure that it was released on uh you were able to buy it on demand when this yeah. whole when this whole thing started and it was released ahead of schedule. I can definitely tell you that. Okay, because so, that, that movie was like a f as far as the Lego sets go, because that's what we can really talk about here, is that was officially sunk when the, the pandemic set in because so those sets came out months ago, like February, January, somewhere around there. They came out uh, too far before the movie, as far as I'm concerned. They, they, you have to, you have to have that stuff come out at the same time. There's the hype is only so big for a movie release. I, I maybe all the Trolls World Tour uh, products, toy wise, and everything came out in the same time in January, or maybe some of them came out when the movie was coming out. I just know that the, the movie was scheduled for April, I think. And, and then they just kind of said, uh, you can have it, whatever. So I, I, I think we talked about once when the sets first came out, how this is going to be one of those clearance watches. Like you give it six months and, this is going to be what everyone's parting out because it's on clearance everywhere and you can get so much of it. And just don't buy this day one because you're going to get trolls on clearance. But now that the, the movie 
hasn't quite been able to reach the audience that it would have normally, I really think those sets aren't going to go anywhere. So I, I, I wonder if the, the promo, so you got it as a gift of purchase. I wonder if that promo window had always been set to be around the movie's release where you buy something from Lego when in the, the week the movie comes out, you get this promo or if it's like, uh, we got to dump this shit. Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting point because I mean, it could honestly be either, you know, it could be either way. Um, I think the one thing about this set, you know, from, you know, I, I don't know too much about it, but I would assume uh, from a business standpoint, this was kind of a low risk set for them. I mean, it comes in a plastic bag, so there's no box art that's coming with it. You know, you've got a, you know, ragtag set of folded instructions that's in there and it's a 51 piece set. So, you know, who, who really knows? I mean, they could have made a whole bunch of these things and just like you said, have them at Walmart and then wait for, you know, waiting for the kid to be at the checkout, you know, holding on mommy's skirt. Mommy, can I get one of these? You know, it's that kind of set. Um, yeah. But I will say this. I can definitely tell you that this has affected other, you know, other collectibles around, you know, in in the whole realm of collectors, if you will, um, because of there's a couple different movies that are that have been pushed back. One of them being Black Widow, and you know they've had a, a few different merchandise lines attached to them that you know people are not really that interested in because they haven't seen the movie yet. I would imagine that Lego is going to have some sort of Black Widow sets coming out, being oh, they're tied yeah. to Marvel. Lego did one Black Widow set. It released end of April or May first. So that that came out without a movie to go with it. So it's Lego's a little bit different. If you're talking about like a, a, any kid's toy line, if the movie's not there, the, the toy might suffer. With Lego, it's, it's, it's still more parts. It's still in the system of play. It's still got a rabid fan base. You're going to sell the Black Widow set with or without the movie. You'll sell more with the movie, but it's, it's not going to do poorly. And then there's a Wonder Woman 84 set that came out. Um, I don't know when the original date was supposed to be for that, but that set came out as well. There's one set for each of those two movies, and they're out. They can't take them back. They're out. Um, I I don't know how that's going to affect sales overall for those two sets based on the movies not being there to accompany them. I don't know if that means that they're going to go to sale or to clearance sooner just because it's like wash your hands of these titles and move on uh i don't know there's i'm there's still plenty of licensing they'd have to pay for both of those sets so it's not like they'd be super willing to to take a take a bath on those two titles and then move on to the next thing but it's the biggest fucking company in the world they can do what they want you know, you bring up a very interesting point about paying licensing on sets, and I don't really know how this works. Maybe, you know, maybe I, you I, do. I don't either. <laughs> uh, oh, that's, okay. that's the kind of thing in the realm that everyone thinks they know about, but no one really knows about because no one really works there in that particular department. Um, everyone has this unified assumption that if it's a licensed IP, it's going to cost the company more to produce it because they have to pay some sort of royalties to somebody because of that IP. And that's fair. Ever no one's debating that because it makes sense, but the specifics of it aren't known to any of us. No matter who you talk to in the realm or the Lego community, 
no one really knows what what Lego has to pay to whom to make a Black Widow set. One set. You know, that's a fascinating point. You know, when you're Lego, I mean, you're you're essentially at the top of the food chain. So let's say you are Lego and let's let's just let's play. Let's play. What if? So let's say that, you know, you are indeed Lego and uh, Disney comes along and, you know, they you want to start doing whatever you want to start doing, you know, Mar- uh, Marvel sets. Right. So now do you set your con- do you set your contracts up where you're where you're basically becoming partners with that company. So instead of saying, I'm going to pay you a million dollars right now for your Marvel license so I can produce anything that I want Marvel-wise, or do they put certain increments based on the by the set? If you have a $100 price point on the set, are you flowing 5% to the bottom line for that particular set? I'm curious as to how something like that would work. It would be interesting to see if each contract with each IP holder was different or if Lego has the pull to make them all the same where it's like, this is, this is our offer and they're not getting a better or worse deal from DC to, to Marvel to, I mean, I don't know what other properties they do that aren't under either of those brands. Everything's Disney now, so um, a, a yeah. third license. Um, let's go with uh, Netflix or Overwatch. Um, Netflix now for for the Stranger Things thing. I, I don't know. I don't really know who owns what in that case. Um, oh, okay. I mean, it's, it's it's a show on Netflix. I guess it's a it's a Netflix produced, but I, I don't know exactly where the ownership falls for that. It's easier to nail it down with something like disney um but i i wonder if they can they can put out contracts that are are uniform and it's like this is our deal this is what we offer for the licensing or if it's a case-by-case basis i just i wonder if it's worth their while to entertain different percentages and different offers from different companies or if they just go we're gonna make as many as we make, we're going to do great. Here's what our offer is. If you don't want it, then we'll do something somewhere else. I wonder what their their command is for that. Yeah, it's curious because when you're talking about you know a giant like Disney, you know there's other competitors out there that they can sell their license to. You've got Mega Blocks. You've got you know different different outlets that you can actually you know that you can do. So I wonder if Lego is competing for that contract or if Disney's competing to have Lego make their product. I wonder. I wonder which way that falls. Yeah. That's it. Well, either way, uh, we did get one more here. This is a. Uh, this is a Mother's Day card. This is a little Lego Mother's Day card. I thought this was a pretty cool little idea. I think it's a, it's like a, a book or whatever, and uh, it opens up. It's got a hinge on there. I don't know if you can see it. I'm not. I'm not good at this. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So, cool little set. You know, nice is little like Mother's Day. Is it like actually a a paper card that you can fill out and put inside of this kind of Lego enclosure? Is that what's going on? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's the idea that they're going for and whatever it is that's being slid in. I mean, it's not it's not an element, you know, with a yeah. sticker on it for sure. It's it's some sort of a piece of paper like you can see the flex, 
you know, if yeah, you really yeah. look at that. So I, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't planning on opening it. Uh, <laughs> it's not it's not taped. So there you go. They've been doing that a lot with the promos where there's no actual sealed versus not sealed, like a, like a Funko. It's like, it's never really sealed. Oh, this is all sh- never knew or used. Anyway. <laughs> so that's, yeah, so you have an option of what to put in on this crumpled up piece of paper that they stuffed in there. But yeah, you can write your own or you can put one of their pre, pre-selected messages on here. And, and that, that's not a sticker? That's it, a, is a, um, it actually is a sticker. So, do they give you like some card stock or something to put it on? Because it looks like let's check the instructions. (laughs) It looks like you're sliding like something rigid into this uh, Lego enclosure rather than just freehanding a sticker. Okay, so I think I get the gimmick here. So it comes with uh, this. uh, Let's see. Can you see this piece? right here okay so big panel and so you're, that, you're think, all right and you're i think you're using that it's a flat it, it turns into a it's a flat surface right here in this step yeah. i don't know if you can see it and it's probably you have to select one of those stickers to put on you there put it on the panel and the panel like fits in a recessed area inside the card so it's just it's in there okay yeah, i think i think that's what it is that makes sense yeah but uh cool so that's there's that, and then this this is the coolest thing I think they gave out. I mean, well, obviously I'm a Star Wars fan, but uh, you got the trench run here. It's a micro scale, and 235 pieces, and it's it's interesting. I never was into the micro scale stuff, but staring at this thing, it's amazing the detail that they can get in there with those tiny little elements, and it's pretty cool, man. It's a pretty cool now, concept. Do you do you have either of the two previous uh, of that that they did? They did no. the, the hot, they have a, so that's, that's like their new template for a 20, 30 ish dollar gift with purchase Star Wars thing. They did the Hoth battle one. They did the, um, the Endor bunker. I don't know what you'd call it. The Endor doorway one. And now they did the, the, um, episode six trench run. Because that's what it is, right? It's it's definitely a yeah. six, not a four, because um, of the the A wings and the tie uh, interceptors. Yeah, there's an interceptor there and an A wing. You're you're absolutely right. Death um, Star Two battle. It says it right on there. And that would be Episode Six. Yep. So so I don't know if they. I mean, it's Lego. You can modify them however you want. But I don't know that they come with pins or anything to snap them all together in a line. Uh, but they are, as far as I know, all the same footprint the same aesthetic so you could have them all lined up um i have available i think i have both of the previous ones in my store uh right now and if any of my consigners bought a bunch to get these gifts of purchase and i'll probably have all three in my store at the same time which is it's always nice when you have the back catalog available for someone who wants to catch up all of a sudden kind of thing mm-hmm. um they're nice they uh i i Microscale is great for the detail you can get in there, the surprising amount of detail you can get in there, because you would uh, assume that with Microscale you're going to get less detail. But sometimes you get more detail. And um, I'm trying to think what the previous two released with. I don't think they released with something 
that is is the same. Like the so that set has a little A wing in it, and it came out at the same time as the UCS A wing. But I don't think either of the previous two came out at the same time as their titular counterparts. So this is the first time that we're getting one where it kind of accompanies the set that you got it for. I don't know. We're- were they also uh, Star Wars related, uh, Star Wars related releases like uh, a Force Friday or a May Fourth type of set? Because I, I, I feel yeah, like yeah. I remember the they were the they were both they were both from the Lego store or shop at home. It was probably just the two previous UCS sets because I don't know at what point it changed or if it was always two a year or if I just never paid close enough attention. But I think it's two UCS sets a year. Usually. And so yeah. I'm guessing it was within the last year and a half or so, but it was the last two times we got a UCS, we got one of those. So I'm such a bad fan. The last two releases were... The UCS <laughs> releases? Yeah. Uh, the Working Star backwards. Star Destroyer? Yes. Um, and I don't know if... I mean, do are we counting Dio or no? No, no, it's not one of them. So okay. the Star Destroyer was was that Star Destroyer was the most recent, other than the A Wing. I, I want to say right. <sighs> and the I am other so one, bad at time past. Yeah, um, I mean it's either going to be the Falcon or the or the Y Wing, right? I think I think it was the Y Wing then because the Cloud um, City wasn't considered a UCS set, right? That was a place. It, it was. It was a. The betrayal of Cloud City was, and the 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 Falcon was 2017 at this point. Right. Um, so we haven't okay, gotten well, that much stuff though with UCS, have we? Am I just forgetting about a bunch of stuff? Did I, I think we're it? just forgetting about them. I still think it's two a year. It's does the Yoda count? No, there's um there's three there's three categories. It's the the playset, the display ship, and the um. Like sculpture, and they haven't done the sculptures ones in a while. Like the big, um, the big, the original Yoda, the big Darth Maul bust, the big General Grievous. We haven't had one of those in a while, but uh, it's so now it's basically just either a playset or a ship on a little stand. Um, yeah, we're bad fans, but I guess it's I guess it's the the Star Destroyer and the Y Wing. Oh which... wait, was this, when did the Snow Speeder come out? <sighs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe you tell us in the comments. Maybe yeah. the snowspeeder came out, and that Hoth little micro thing came out at the same time as that. Maybe I don't know. I can't keep any of them straight anymore. I want to say the Y wing is newer than the snowspeeder, but who knows? I'm looking forward to getting right. that Ollie's deal on the Black Series snowspeeder. Personally, <laughs> the which one is it? The 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 Black Series doing the snowspeeder with Dak. In the six-inch scale, oh, I, I like I don't want the DAC. I could care less. I want the snow speeder, um, but I, I'm not paying that 120 for it. Even though, if you think about it, with the amount of plastic and the amount of detail and the amount of paint and all that, it's probably fine. It's not fine for what I'm. I'm just gonna put it there, and there it's gonna be. Uh, I'm not. That's not fine price for for what I'm getting out of it, which is my decision. No, absolutely. And I mean I, I love the Star Wars series. I've never I've never been in on the toys before. I've always gravitated towards the Lego. I always loved like, So I I am more 
for Star Wars, I am much more into the vehicles than I am into the characters. I've always been yes. that way. Like, I'll take a spaceship over a hero, always. Any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when they do big vehicles that are really well done, I like them. I have the the Ray's speeder. I have the um, the Enfys Nest swoop bike, and I want to get the snow speeder and. If I found it real cheap still, I would probably get the first order special forces TIE fighter in, in the six inch scale. Um, I missed all the clearance on that. Oh, well, I'd, I'd like to display those. I don't have any of the figures that went with them. I sold all the figures or I went, I went in on, on this, like um, with Vinny, uh, he got, or one of us bought the Envis Nest swoop bike and then he got the Envis Nest and I got the swoop bike because those were, us in particular wanted out of the, the exchange. Um, so I, I'm sure I'll have no problem finding somebody who wants to buy the deck off of me when I get the snow speeder eventually. But I like those big vehicles. I'd, I'd rather have those than, than, than characters. And maybe that's part of the reason why I'm not the biggest minifigure fan for Lego. It's like, I'm not, I'm not into Lego for the 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 character or the 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 doll collecting or anything like that. I, I like what can be done with the pieces in your imagination. But that's that's a very recurring theme on this show. It's like <laughs> I, I'm not gonna buy all the little characters. So like if I want a representation of Luke Skywalker, I'm probably gonna get a Black Series figure or some kind of action figure where it's like this is what it's supposed to be. It's got a good amount of articulation and expressiveness. Um, sometimes I think the fact that all minifigures are working off of the same template is kind of counterproductive to bringing the character out of a character. You, you lose some of that. It works great for being part of the system and, and having everything match. That's fine. If that's what you want, then it works perfectly for that. But to me, if I want to represent a character, I want as much of that character fleshed out as possible. And I'm just not going to see that out of a the two-dimensional print on the body mold of um, a Lego minifigure. And, and that makes me think about Funko Pop and how it's like, this is the shape, stamp something on it put the name on the box because otherwise how the hell do you know what it is <laughs> so i'm like we have a we have an ongoing argument on this show about how the um i don't think that the licensed minifigures actually look anything like the characters is supposed to represent it's all about the context if you have uh, a millennium falcon and there's a han solo figure go oh, it's Han solo it's with the millennium falcon but if you just showed me the han solo head on its own with no context i don't know that i would say that it looks like han solo or that say that it looks like harrison ford at all i think it's all context based for that and we had an argument about how they they have the um the new fast and the furious uh, uh don toretto's charger technics yeah. that just came out and the big argument is like, why doesn't it come with minifigures? It's like, and then Matt, Matt was saying a lot about how could you even tell 
They're, I mean, it's Lego figures. They're all bald guys. How do you tell that one's supposed to be Vin Diesel? You don't. It's all context-based. If you gave me so the, the Lego Central Perk Friends set, if you showed me the face from any of the seven figures in that set without any context, there's no way I'd be able to tell you which licensed IP character from real life, which actor that's supposed to be. No way. I think you're absolutely right about that. You're spot on about it. But I think that's also part of the charm of Lego. I mean, when you're yeah. talking about uh, an integrated building system that's basically supposed to be cross, you're supposed to be able to cross any line with it, you know, as far as product lines go. Um, you know, that's kind of the charm that you're looking for. I feel like it's done on purpose. And I agree with you 100% there. The exception that I'm going to say is when you're talking about uh, like a Clone Wars uh, trooper or you're talking about a a Boba Fett or Darth Vader when you have a specifically sculpted, you know, helmet or something like that that goes on it or a specific accessory that might accentuate that figure. But yeah, from the from the actual face, no, I don't think you're ever going to make that distinction. I mean, they're they're getting more and more detailed every day, you know, and you know, if you have, you know, a vast knowledge of Lego sets like you do, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can tell me that uh, the the guy with the glasses and the, you know, the gray beard on the left and you know this you know and and his, and his mustache got to go to the right that one goes to that set but as far as looking for like a celebrity type or or an actual you know in like an ip from a movie or something like that i, I don't think that lego ever would you know I don't, I don't think they'd go down that road even if they could you know start to put that, that digital paint on those heads i feel like they'd still try to keep it as uniform as possible yeah um you know, but I will say this, I completely wholeheartedly agree with you on the vehicle thing. I mean, when I was a kid, when I was growing up, the machines of war were always the most fascinating part of anything to me, especially when you're talking about a futuristic, you know, you know, space battle like Star Wars. Like, you know, what kind of device is this? Like, what does this war machine do? Why look at this giant walking tank? Like, that was always the thing that caught my eye. Sure, you know about the characters, Han Solo, Lightsaber, Luke, all that. But if if it was all said and done, I would want, you know, the Death Star and, you know, and the Star Destroyer or like, you know, even take it to other, you know, to other IPs like me growing up, like G.I. Joe. It's all about the vehicles. It wasn't about the figures. It was about it was always about the machines of war for me. And I'd seen that with you, like with your other collections, too. It's when you're going for your action figures, you get the most detailed, the most highly articulated action figures. I think some of them I've ever seen some of those poses you put down. So it definitely should in your collection. I wonder what that, so me and you both into the vehicles more. I wonder what that says about the, um, the, the way children play where they, uh, I think personification is the right word here, but when they, they kind of put themselves in the place of the main character or one of the characters and you have the action figures and you're playing and you're, you're acting out and you're, you're putting yourself into that form. And I think that was very prevalent in like eighties and nineties Lego, whereas there wasn't any IPs there. It's like, you are putting yourself in the little plastic shoes of these minifigures in the Lego town or Lego space, Lego castle, Lego pirates, something like that. Um, I wonder what that says about how you and I did childhood play where the vehicle, you can't, you can't put yourself as a vehicle. Maybe you're piloting the vehicle, but like 
you're a person that's a tank. There's a distinction there. I wonder what that says about how we each played as kids and interacted with these IPs and these toys as far as um, putting your putting yourself into into the play. Well, I can tell you this. I mean, I know that we share another common uh, another love that uh, we, we both really you know talk about all the time, and that's Transformers. And that's kind of getting the best of both worlds. You're getting the character and you're personifying it as the vehicle, so you're actually getting two in one. Uh, yeah. To apply Lego to that, I mean, I think Lego is fantastic in that because, you know, you were able to add Legos on like when we were kids. Like if I'm if I've got my Transformers and I'm playing with my Transformers, you know, I can always incorporate Lego into that. You know what I mean? I could always create something out of Lego for the trans. Like, you no, know, we never got a Cybertron or we never got an Ark or we never got a or whatever. You can build it out of Lego and you can always you could always kind of add to the experience. And that was one of the things that really turned me on about Lego as a kid, because I was able to, you know, kind of put together the stuff that we just never got, you know, that was kind of, it kind of helped fill that void. And that makes me wonder how, how Lego saw uh, the way that kids used Lego in in the, in the eighties or nineties in accompaniment with other toy lines, non Lego produced products. And, and Lego could look at it like, well, we already sold them it. So who cares? Or they could look at it. Uh, the, the way I, I see Lego looking at it is the um, kind of the, the, the vindictive negative way where they should be happy that kids are playing but instead they're like no it should be more lego and less of that other uh, whatever hasbro or kenner's putting out right now which is the the way i I see lego kind of shooting themselves in the foot approach to um to a a happy consumer base i wonder how lego saw the fact that kids were using lego as a fill-in-the-gaps manipulative medium in playing with toys that they purchased from other companies. I wonder if Lego ever had meetings about like, how do we get them to stop building GI Joe bases out of Lego? That's not what Lego is. I don't see why, if you're in that position, why you would be against something like that. Um, You know, maybe because they're not purchasing your product over a certain other IP or another toy line. But as a, you know, as a as a salesman, as somebody who's selling a product to somebody, I would want to incorporate as much of that as I possibly could into every day of a kid's life. I would want, I would want my kid to be telling my mom, telling their mom that they need more Legos to finish their to finish their bridge layer, or finish their finish their GI Joe base, or or finish their their space bridge, or or whatever it might be. I mean, I, I feel like that's a that's a giant sales opportunity. And I think that's one of the reasons why Lego's been able to remain diversified and kind of survive longer than anything. I mean, it just it fits into anything. I mean, I know it's 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 kind of a cliche. I mean, it's a Lego brick, it fits everywhere, I know, but I mean it really does. It fits into anything you want. If you're a kid and you're playing, you know, regardless of what you're playing, you could make that thing that you want out of Legos or something that you visualize in your own head canon as being something from that show. I mean, I can tell you my own a personal story from when I was a kid. Um, there was this show. 
back in the day, if you're as old as me, you might know what it is. Uh, we knew it. it. You guys know it as Mezinger, uh, but we used to know it as Transor Z, all right, mm-hmm. way back in the day. And I'm talking about, like, this has got to be early 80s. And I would go to my grandmother's house, and she had a set of Legos there. It was just a bunch of bricks. You know, it was just all oh, the, the grandkids are coming over, break out the generic toys for whoever's coming over. And one of those things was a, a collection of Legos. And I remember just building bricks and stacking them along into a line. And I would break it into three different parts. And Transor Z was the guy ran out to this little this little ship. It got up. It, fell, it flew over. He called Transor Z out of the water. It came up. The little ship parked in his head. And then there was a last piece that you call it was the it called it Scrambler. And it was these wings that would just launch from somewhere and attach to its back. Yeah. And I would I would pretend that the three pieces were, you know, the, the little flying thing, Transor Z and the Scrambler. When they all came together, it was just a line of Legos. But in my head as a kid, I was playing Transor Z, you know, so it's it's just amazing how how that can really just kind of fit into everything. And it might be part of the reason why they've been able to survive as long as they have with the changing of how kids have played with toys over the years. Like when you and I were kids, you know, we would bring our toys out to the sandbox or or, or go out into the street and play. They actually, uh, Bobby and, and Joe and Chris talk about this on Nerd Rage a bunch about how kids play differently with toys now than they did back then. Kids are still building Lego sets and they're still messing yeah. with their Legos. Kids aren't, you know, they're not blowing up their G.I. Joes anymore. You know, they're not looking for, you know. A lot of a lot of other IPs have come, gone, and died. You know, kids don't do that kind of stuff anymore. But everybody still builds Legos. I could see Lego appreciating the fact that kids are using it in conjunction with other toy lines in the '80s or '90s, where they they weren't they weren't like the biggest company in the world. But through listening to shows like Forever Sorting and hearing a lot about the inner workings of the, the Lego company in the last decade or so, I could really see them mounting some sort of assault against uh, the idea of, of kids accompanying their Lego with whatever Mattel is putting out or whatever Hasbro is putting out. Cause it's just, it's the attitude I think Lego has in the last 10 years or so where they don't, see the bigger picture as far as a, a happy consumer, a happy uh, I don't know, I say happy kid but a, a happy generation of of people at play they see the uh, the don't do that our brand is better than that our product is better than that, don't sully our thing with their thing um, we gotta make the most that we can for our company, I just I see a lot of how their attitude could have changed more towards the uh, don't ever use use Lego as as a so there's there's a I think it's I don't know if it's an eBay seller or somebody but I, I see the pictures a lot on on some of the Cool Table Network shows where some some product is being released in Asia and there's somebody who uses like a couple of road base plates as the the backdrop for their photos for their listings and it's like they clearly bought the uh like the t and the four-way intersection two pack of plates 
mm-hmm. on the dark bluish gray. And they've got one on the ground. They got one like vertically behind it. And I see it, it's all coming from the same person because it's the same exact setup. But that is their photo booth, for lack of a better term, for uh, when they put out pictures. So there's a lot of leaks and there's a lot of um, uh, uh, listings that that come from this person. And it's the two base plates. And I, I see like other things that aren't Lego getting kind of coverage, Lego coverage in that where they put out a picture of a new transformer or something. And it's got these road base plate, Lego base plates behind it. And I, I just see that as something that would, would anger current day Lego. Like, no, you can't, you can't show off some $20 price point Hasbro toy with, with, uh, with nice Lego base plates in the same picture. Uh, that'd be a question for Kevin of uh, Forever Sorting to to answer is, do you think Lego has changed their opinion of of the, the act of play and an integration with, that, this sounds like a fucking thesis, the act of play and integration with other toy brands um, <laughs> over time? Um, by Chris Gurn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of legitimacy to what you say. Um, you've definitely seen, in my opinion, an attitude change in recent years, but I think there's a lot of different things that contribute to that. Uh, I have my own personal reservations with Lego right now. We can talk about that a little later if you want, but I can tell you that I think with the appearance of, first of all, I think the internet changed a lot and social media changed a lot. And I'll tell you why, because you have now knockoff Lego companies. You have companies like Lepin, things that are misrepresenting their brand, uh, selling, stealing their IP, stealing their instructions, stealing their design, printing it for half the price and selling it. So I'm pretty sure that that kind of soured their, soured the milk a little bit for Lego in general. We don't see as much of a rampant problem of that in, uh, in the States, but in other countries, uh, after talking to Tim K and a couple other people, uh, you know, it's all over the place in Europe. It's all over the place in Australia. Uh, it's all over the place in China because that's where it's all coming yeah. from. Um, so, you know, I could see that souring them uh, a little bit. I could also see, um, you know, them seeing Mattel as competition in general, uh, not necessarily, you know, Barbie, but Megablocks is owned by Mattel, I believe. It is there. now, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe they're viewing, well, you know what? You know, play with your Barbies and your and your He-Mans and your Thundercats with your Mega Blocks, you know, and and leave our Legos out of it. It's kind of an elitist attitude to take, but in my opinion, I think Legos always kind of been an elitist company. Um, it's certainly, you know, and I'm not I'm not saying this negatively. I mean, it certainly has an elitist fan base. I mean, there is a rapid, rabid, uh, rather. Uh, rabid fan base that will only buy lego and only wants lego and if that lego stamp is not on that stud they don't want their brick in that collection yeah and i understand the, that look at uh look at if you were to poll like people in the realm about something like that where it's uh, would you buy a 3p mp of this character if takara tomi didn't put it out in the mp line versus would you buy uh, either the the knockoff like a Lepin or like a Mega Constructs of uh, of this 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 model kit essentially if if Lego didn't make it? Um, I think it's gonna like there's a lot more people, in my opinion, without doing the research, 
that would buy a third-party masterpiece toy in in addition to the uh, Takara Tomy offerings versus people who would buy anything outside of Lego. The recently everyone's been going apeshit for the the Castle Gray Skull Mega Constructs and um, some of the the uh, Game of Thrones, the, some of the dragon mm-hmm. stuff that that Mega Constructs has put out. It's, it's good stuff. The Halo stuff did really well too. So I'm in that pool where I would never buy that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a little bit different because I don't buy a lot of Lego for myself anyway. But I just I'm I'm in that elitist group for Lego where I wouldn't buy a Mega Construct set. But I've got no problem buying a third party Transformer. I just I wonder where those those lines fall. And I'm a big Halo fan. Like I don't have any Halo Mega blocks, but I've got all the novels. I've got the the um the Thousand Toys Master Chief coming in the mail whenever the hell that releases. I think it got pushed back to June or something. But I've got that coming for like a hundred bucks or something stupid. So I'm a big Halo fan, but there's no desire for me to buy Halo Mega Bloks. You, you know, it's funny. I've actually asked myself this question on drives, and I've, I've thought to myself, and I'm like wondering, you know, I, I know how biased you are against non-Lego products. And I've asked myself, <laughs> you know, what is what could possibly be the reason for it? And I think, I think you actually see Lego as more than just a toy. I think you see it as a thing of value. I think you see it as obviously uh, a way to make a living because of, of what you do. And you're exclusively catering to Lego heads. I mean, let's face it. If, if there's somebody that's willing to buy mega blocks, you know, or something like that, why are they going to go through the trouble of going to your store to get your product, to get your, you know, to get your bricks where, you know, you can just buy something like that's made by mega blocks or made by, Global Bricks, for instance, we're, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. That's basically the same exact thing. It's injection mold plastic that does the same damn thing. Yeah. Are there very slight, subtle differences? Yes, there are. And we'll talk about that today. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it depends on what kind of collector you're looking for. And I think that's kind of what Lego is trying to do. They're trying to be that elitist company to kind of instill the pride in the people that are buying that Lego product because that's all they've got to go on. They've got some serious competition coming from these other Lego companies. And in my opinion, there's a big difference between a Lego knockoff and a third-party Lego set. You know, I've seen Lepin Super Star Destroyers out there for 180 bucks, brand new that you can buy when they were retailing for 400 from Lego. And I can yeah. understand why Lego's pissed off about that. You're still in my IP. You're you're knocking off my my stuff, and you're selling it at a cheaper product. But when you're looking at some of these third party sets, like for instance, I've been I've been eyeing up this medical frigate that looks amazing. It's a UCS style medical frigate that's made by some company other than Lego, but it's made with Lego. It's made with with bricks and plates that are not licensed elements. They're put together by a designer that works for another company with instructions that were printed for specifically for that set. It might be, if it, you know, I don't think people, I don't think Lego should have a problem with that because if they do, well then make a set for us, make us this thing that we want because I've been asking for a medical frigate for 15 years and I haven't gotten it, yeah. you know, but you know, I think this, I, I think it's, you know, if something like that is more of a problem for Disney, I would imagine, you know, going after, going after IP, but 
you know, Lego itself has to keep things like that in mind. Like there's these other things out there, like these global bricks, uh, you know, modular sets that are out, you know, they're not Lego. Okay. They're not, you know, and you know, you've got your, you've got your modular building sets out there, like the town square, like the fire brigade and things like that. And they're fantastic sets. But to a guy that don't know no better, you get one of these global brick sets. They look exactly the same. You know, yeah. it's 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 a very very similar product. There's differences. You know, I don't know. I kind of went on a tangent there. I don't know. No, I, I, I like what you're saying. I wonder if if Lego has to um, push out this this elitist mentality for their products. In order to convince the 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 buyers that any knockoffs or other brands that do emerge aren't going to be worth their time, like the more that they instill in you how how good uh, the Lego product is, the more likely you are to shrug off any cheaper options that come along. So maybe it's all. Uh, a perception thing that they've been pushing out for for decades to to make sure that they minimize sales of other companies by maximizing their own sales. I wonder if it's all a perception thing. It, it very well it may very well be, and um, in in my opinion, uh, especially for when you know for me being the target market for the things that I like from Lego, I feel like that's what's killing them. Um, you know, I'm I'm no listen. I'm 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 not ancient, but I'm not young either. And I've been doing this for a long time. And I've been buying Legos for longer than most people have on this planet. And I see the difference in in price per piece count over the years. And obviously, obviously, that is going to increase the price, and the and the price and the piece count is going to decrease on a gradual basis. That's just the way economics works. Okay, and there's inflation, and you got to adjust for all that. But when you see the amount that these sets are going up, it seems like on an annual basis and the price points are, are going up $10 a set and it seems like the piece counts are going down 50 to 60%. I feel like, especially in, in, in lines like the city line, you're getting a lot of bigger elements you know, that are, you know, we're not, we're not necessarily building the walls with two by two bricks anymore. We're getting the, you know, the, the, the two by, uh, you know, the two by two by one uh, pieces that are five high that are solid pieces. Maybe that's part of it. Fine. But when you're looking at the stuff that I'm particularly into, you know, when, when I look at this, when I look at this here, you know, this tie fighter, I couldn't tell you what the specs or how many pieces are in it, but this is a $200 set here, you know, and I got, I'm pretty sure it's pretty close to 2000 pieces, maybe 1800 or something like that. And then you look at this Star Destroyer that they released. It was the biggest kick in the balls I could have gotten from a company that I have supported and I have loved and I have done everything in my power to always have a Lego product my entire life to release that set. Not only is it a set that we already got and we can get on the and we can get on the secondary market, but you're going to charge us was it six hundred dollars for under five thousand pieces? Are you out of your damn mind? I just that made me lose so much respect for the company. It made me it made me see that they don't care about me. 
They don't care about the guy that they're selling the $700 or the $600, the $500 set to. We're going to screw them all day and make them pay for our IP. But you've got, you know, let's say you're going to sell a thousand of those sets, right? But you're going to sell 20,000 of the little Yoda huts at 20 bucks a piece. You know, why aren't those sets $25 a piece? And I'm getting a better bang for my buck with this with this huge investment that I'm making to your company. I mean, let's face it. I don't care what you say at the end of the day, once the set is designed and all the, and all the programming is done on the computer, all you got to do is press the button and it comes out the other end of the factory. Okay. At that point, your overhead is your overhead. That's it. Once you've paid for the design and it's in, that's it. I just don't understand how you can justify paying these enormous, insane prices for these sets. It Would you feel any better about the Star Destroyer if it came with more figures? If it came with like two Imperial officers, unnamed, no. and it, that I saw a lot of complaining about how it didn't come with any figures. And to be fair, the UCS sets, and, and unless it's the the um, the playset style ones, the ships they've never been about figures. If you want figures, nope. buy the cheap sets or buy figures individually. The UCS sets are about the ship and how good it looks. Would you have felt any better if if they had more figures come with that than two or maybe just ones that were better figures? Absolutely not. I mean, I look at a I look at a minifigure from a from a dollar standpoint. I mean, like, what's a minifigure worth? Five bucks? Like you go into a you go into a, a Lego store and you're getting a specific figure for like that package. I mean, you're selling them for four ninety nine or something like that, right? Yeah. So yeah. let's just say, okay, so throw me. Hey, you know what? Be a pal. Throw me ten minifigures, all right? At retail, that's justifying fifty bucks. Okay, I still think that thing is overpriced easily by two hundred. Easy. Yeah. And you know that's that's again that's my opinion. I think people that are bitching and moaning about the Lego figures or the minifigures are just looking for you know justification to complain about the price. But I think you can so, find plenty of justification to complain about the price without worrying about five dollar minifigures. Personally. Lego has never officially spoken about how they come up with the price. The whole price per piece thing has always been a, uh, a consumer generated theory. I don't want to say it's a rule or a law or anything like that. It's a theory. The whole 10 cents per piece idea has, has never come from Lego. So it, it lines up most of the time. And that's why the theory still stands, but it's never been something that's officially stated. Now, a lot of a lot of people are saying that the the price of Lego has gone up and the part count has gone up. But if you they're saying that the price has gone up and the part count has gone up, or the price has gone up and the part count has gone down, uh, they said they've they've both gone up. And proportionally, you could still okay. look at a lot of sets and say it's 10 cents per piece, just like you could say 10 years ago that it was around 10 cents per piece. That's fair. But if I wish you could chart the, the average um, mass or volume of a Lego piece through the years. Take, uh, take all the pieces all the elements give them um, like, I, I guess weight would be the best way to do it. Um, some sort of volume or mass 
based on how big each piece is. What I'm trying to get to is I think in recent years and over time as a trend, pieces have gotten smaller so that they could give you more detail. Look at how many, look at one of your UCS sets with a lot of greebling on it and tell me how many small parts are on that that those parts didn't exist 10 years ago. I While they still make a lot of brand new, bigger elements, I think they're making far more smaller elements now than they ever have before. And I, I would like to say that the the average mass of a Lego element uh, has gone down over time. So you're getting more parts, but you're getting more smaller parts now. And I don't know that that, I don't know that the 10 cents apart theory can still apply. If, if you're, if you're talking about how many studs and cheese slopes and friction pins are in a set, they're just not worth the same as a larger piece. So having the part count go up because more smaller elements have been included to me doesn't mean the price should go up proportionally to the parts count. If if you get what I'm saying. I understand what you're saying, but I it and and uh, again, this is just I I don't deal with Lego on the volume that you do. I don't pretend to have anywhere near the knowledge that you have, but I in my personal experience it's been my observation that it hasn't gone up. They haven't gone up uh together. They've gone up and down inversely. Um, you know, I, I can tell you that I mean, I remember spending a hundred dollars on a set, you know, and getting getting eight, nine hundred pieces in that hundred dollar set. Nowadays, you're getting you're spending a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars on a set, you're getting between six and seven hundred pieces. I think the biggest the biggest jump that I saw at retail in recent years was when the Arctic uh line was released for the city, uh the, the city uh line. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we saw I was I was buying a lot of Lego at that point because my son is heavy into city sets. He's got every city set for the last like three years. And I'm not kidding. He's got like every one. And I noticed at the you know, at the, I think the large one was one hundred and nineteen dollars when it came out. And it was I don't even think it was a thousand pieces. And I'm doing the math in my head. And I, I even said something to the sales guy. You know, and, you know, because I, I know a lot of the guys at the local Lego store. Like, I mean, they, they know who I am. They see me coming. They know I spend a tremendous amount of money with them. And, you know, they tend to sit there and have conversations with me. And there's a lot of really good people there. And they even said it themselves. Like, yeah, man, price, parts counts going down. Price is going up. You know, we've been seeing it. And, you know, and again, you know, that this is a, this is a kid that's getting paid, you know, X amount of dollars an hour to work at a retailer. He doesn't, he doesn't have any inside knowledge of Lego, but yeah, he's sitting there and he's dealing with it every day. And the kids that have been there for, you know, for two or three years, they'll tell you that they've seen it. You know, they, they've watched the trends. Um, now, there's some themes that are much better for the parts like uh, Overwatch came out like you that that ratio parts to price was much different than what they call the city tax or the dino tax or the star Wars tax where either through licensing or just a big chunky complicated to produce elements that are in these sets or complicated, um, uh, supply chain wise. Like you, you, you put out a big city set with a big ass boat hull in it. 
that adds to the complication of the set with the shipping, with the fact that the box has to be bigger proportionally than the same parts count for a set that didn't include a big boat hole would have to be like now it's a larger box than it could have been with that one piece switched out for a smaller piece. Um, There's, there's factors that go into why some themes have worse price per part ratios. There's also the fact that city is the, the best selling perennial Lego theme and if they can charge more for it, they're gonna. And, oh. and you look at uh, the, the Friends Central Perk Lego Ideas set that came out was a terrific price at full price for how many pieces you got. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's kind of all over the place, and I think there's a lot more factors in it than just how many pieces it is. I, I agree with that to a degree. I mean, but you also have to question this. You have to question, you know... I mean, obviously, IPs are going to be more expensive uh, to the company than original ideas. That That's obvious, right? But, you know, going back to that Star Destroyer again, at that price, at that piece count, how do you justify getting a bookstore uh, for the, you know, for the uh, modular uh, line at, I, I, I don't quote me, I want to say it's somewhere between 24 and 2,800 pieces, you know, and that's under 200 bucks. Yeah. You know, you're talking like, that that's insane like you're talking about four hundred dollars four hundred dollars is going to get you two of those and you're going to be at over five thousand pieces when you're looking at a star destroyer you're at you know you're at six hundred bucks and you're just over five thousand you know and those it's things like that that drive me insane i think there's a little bit more that goes into the star destroyer so the the falcon came out did you have any issues with the price i mean at the time that was three hundred dollars more than the most expensive lego set ever produced I had a huge problem with it. I wasn't, I honestly, I, I wasn't supposed to own it, but I, things happened and I owned it. Would I have spent my, would I have spent $800 on that set? No, I would not have. If that's what you're asking, no. Seven, okay. was it 750 or with tax? Something like I think that. It, I think that was eight and the starter story was seven. I know the starter story was a hundred under the Falcon and I think the Falcon was eight, but oh, God. It's, 700 it's kind of that starter story. <laughs> so I, there's a few things that I think kind of go into that. So with the Falcon, it was totally a test of the waters, right? It was $300 more than the most expensive set, which was 500. So it's now $800. It's the biggest set by price, by parts count, by weight, by volume at the time. I mean, every year they shatter every one of their own records, but at the time, it was the biggest anything ever, no matter how you measure it. And they shipped them to the stores. It came with a freaking cardboard hand truck. If you bought it day one at the mm-hmm. store, you got this sweet-ass hand truck that you got to take yep. with you. An item that I don't know why doesn't have a listing on BrickLink. Like, I want to buy the hand truck. That's the kind of Lego I'm interested in. I'm like, look at this. You see this? They sold a thing so big, they gave you this Lego-branded cardboard disposable hand truck. That's cool. That's what I want to put on the shelf is the hand truck. No lie. Um, So the Falcon, you think of Star Wars, right? The the ship you think of is the Falcon. If it's not the Falcon, it's either the X-Wing or the TIE Fighter. Everything else falls below that. You talk about your um, Iconic Six like Bobby says with Transformers, you talk about ranking 
on Nerd Rage, they do that a lot, where they say, "All right, what what are the most iconic from one down to as many as we can count um, for any given franchise, characters, vehicles, whatever." You talk about Star Wars vehicles. I want to say the Falcon's number one. X Wing mm-hmm. and Tie Fighter are right behind it, and then that's it. It kind of just ends there. <laughs> I, I I would say that nothing else. Like, maybe Star Destroyer is fourth, unless the Death Star is fourth, maybe, itself. I don't think anything else really ranks that high. So to put out the Falcon, it was a calculated risk with all the fact that how big it is, volume, part count, price, weight. Uh, But it's the Falcon. It's the number one thing. If anything's going to survive under those conditions of sale, it's going to be the Falcon. You put out the Star Destroyer, that's a higher risk. It's cheaper than the Falcon. That's a positive. It's fewer pieces. Proportionally, that's a negative. But it's not as iconic as the Falcon. It's a big gray pizza slice. Um, I I think there is some credence to the fact that it's not as iconic and it is a bigger risk. Yet at the same time, I don't know what the weight of that set is compared to the Falcon. And the Falcon was thirty-two pounds in the box. I don't know what the a fresh um, Star Destroyer would weigh if you put it on a scale, but. To think about getting those out to stores and it's fourth at best as far as most iconic Star Wars vehicles, I I think that was a bigger risk. So they had to raise the price to try to cover their asses. Well, let me ask you this. Lego, very, very smart company. Been around for a very long time. They have seen the years. They have redone their own sets 10, 15 times and been successful at selling them. Lego's Lego's very, very intelligent, right? So they're not going to go into the market without knowing what's going on on the secondary market. Before this, uh, before this Millennium Falcon was released, there was another Millennium Falcon that was released in 2005, which everybody knows about. And at the time, before this thing was announced, in new inbox, I saw prices as high as $10,000 for this thing on yes. eBay. Now, yes. I'm not saying that they sold for $10,000, but they were on there for $10,000. And let me tell you something. I saw a few sell for $9,000 and $8,000. So I, I have sold there. a sealed original Falcon for $5,000. That was years ago. But like, mm-hmm. I have sold it for that price. I know yeah. it's where it, was, it, it climbed higher than that since then. Now, not so much. No, <laughs> but not so after, much now. <laughs> it had gone up further than five, but I can confirm a kill at 5,000. Um, go on. So, I mean, it, it's up there, right? So, now, if you're Lego and you're trying to say to yourself, I need to restructure my, my uh, what do you call it, my licensing agreement with Disney. Uh, with this new, with the Star Wars uh, transferring to Disney's hands with the with the acquisition of Lucasfilms. Now you may have to spend a tremendous amount more money on a license through Disney than through anything else. So, what do you need to do? We need to reprice our market. We need to change some things up. So, what do you do? You throw out a, uh, an insane set at the the biggest ever, seventy four hundred pieces. 
What is it really costing you to make that set? It still remains to be seen, but I, I would imagine that when it comes to the manufacturing cost itself, it's still fairly minimal when everything is said and done yeah. compared to what you're selling it for. Now, I'm letting it, so in the I'm, end, it's it's uh it's it's no business of the consumers how much it costs the the producer to make that set in the end. Like they sell it for what they sell it for. If you're buying it, then it's all good. But in the end, if it costs them a hundred bucks to make a Falcon and get it shipped to a Lego store. That's none of your concern. I agree. But this is my point. If that's what it's going to cost you to do this. So now you have absolutely no risk whatsoever to take the largest Lego set that we've ever seen. The most iconic thing in star Wars, the flagship item, if you will, for that franchise, put it at an astronomical number, make it hard to find at the beginning purposely send a limited amount out to your retailers, purposely put a limited amount online, which was done. See what you can get for it. Try to get it to sell out. Bring the hype up and try to bring your price point to that. If it doesn't work, you discount it by 20%. You get them out the door at 600 bucks. You're getting a good deal for your price count. And everyone's still making plenty of money. Okay, we dipped our toe in the water. We fucked up, guys. We got to dial this back a little bit. Takara just did it. I don't know if a lot of talk about this because we're on a Lego podcast. <laughs> Takara just did this with their MP Transformers line with the with the with MP44, which is Optimus Prime, at a four hundred and fifty dollar price point, which is fucking retarded. Okay, but now we're going to see everything coming from that stemmed at a at a higher scale. Look at look, we got a Bumblebee that's coming out that this friggin' big that's one hundred and twenty five dollars now. That's because that was established by Takara by releasing their flagship item. I think Lego did the same thing. They established their new price point with their flagship item. It was successful. Now we have sold this item for this money. We know that we're going to get these Star Wars guys because they're out of their mind and they'll spend money on anything. So yeah. obviously I'm going to try and get the as whole, much as I can. Uh, vote with your wallet and it's not, nothing's going to change until you stop buying it. So uh, I'm thinking, like, what could be next if the Star Destroyer was successful enough for them to continue down this path? What could be next? It's set, inherently it has to be something big. Like you, you just don't get to that um, that price and that part count unless it's a big vehicle. Unless you're just making a smaller vehicle horrendously oversized. Um, either that, or like you were saying, they 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 set the market up. I, I would want to know what what just came out the A wing. I'd want to know how that fits into the ratio. Like, did the Falcon and the Star Destroyer coming out at their price points, at their their size, at their uh, their parts counts, did that affect the price for the uh, the A wing, or is the A wing still in line with everything else? I still I think the A-wing and I might be wrong about this. I can do a little bit of research and find out, but I think parts count wise, I think I think I mean, you got the box. The box says it on there. Yeah, but I don't have the other the other specs though. I think compared okay. to the uh to the Snowspeeder, I think compared to the Y-wing, I think this has less pieces. I think. I would have to look, I'd have to check. Uh I'm going to tell you right now 
that this is at 1670, almost 1700 pieces. So it might actually be kind of comparable, but I think that it's less and it's still 200 bucks. And those other two prices were priced at 200 bucks as well. I don't know. I'd have to look, but we're also talking about recent releases. I mean, those are all released within three or four years of each other. Yeah. You could, you could look at just because they, they put out these gargantuan sets doesn't mean that the only ones that are going to be affected by that, that price hike are the big ones. Like you could see that same ratio get applied to a smaller set and, and the principle still applies there, um, but well, you'd have to look at. That's my point. They re- they repriced their entire yeah. line, you know, by doing that. So it's, I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's it, it's it's some shady business, in my opinion. And in my opinion, and me personal, my own personal experience, it has turned me off a lot to the company that is Lego, to the company that I loved, that I supported, that I I was like you. I never want to see anything but Lego stamped on that stud. If it is a brick in my collection or a plate and because of this situation in my mind, which may be right or may be wrong, but that is my perception and I'm the consumer and I'm allowed to have my perception. But because of my perception, it has made me much more open to exploring different options, other things than Lego Um, global bricks. This set that I just did that I bought, you know, that I picked up with you over a toy con, you know, I never really would have thought about that if i wasn't in such a sour place with, wow okay uh, with uh I, yeah that that's interesting to see where that timeline falls because all right so you got that we um we talked about that that was was that the june or the november toy con that was a november toy con okay was that that was just november 19 um yeah so we talked about that on on building up to it right after that so last november uh whatever episode number that was we talked about how you got the the global bricks modular building, which is um, akin to Lepin for for just the comparison's sake. It's it's. I think we should we should explain that a little bit though, because it's it is what it isn't. Sure, sure. So it's it's an original design made with aftermarket Lego knockoff pieces. Like they are the same pieces as lego but they are not produced by lego they are uh, it's it's a knockoff of the molds but it is an original design so let's say you put up a uh, a lego ideas project on lego ideas and then some company in china said oh we'll make that right now send us the specs and and then they just produced it you designed it you used lego pieces or maybe you built it digitally to begin with. It doesn't really matter. They're producing it with uh, uh, elements that are are not Lego. They are knockoffs of Lego. They are. It, it's not. They don't have any original molds in there, right? Like it's all pieces you could get in Lego form. If I if I could just interject one yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. the way the way it was explained to me by I, I want to say who was the owner of the company we were talking to, right? either the he's not the designer but i think he is the owner yeah yeah he was i think he was the entrepreneur that kind of put everything together and he was the one that uh he actually visited the the lepin factory in china and he was telling us about that and he showed us some pictures actually from the factory which is pretty cool um you know he brought up the fact that and and this is you know this is for the for the lawyers to figure out at the end of the day it's all about what you think as a consumer if you're going to pick it up but 
um, a lot of all of the elements that are used in this particular set, like the one by one tile, for instance, or or the one by six plate, those are not patented patented uh, licensed elements. Those are just bricks. That's why uh, Mega Blocks can get away with it. That's why yeah, you know uh, a lot the, of these other uh, companies the patent, get away with it. Um lapsed it expired it can only it can only last for so long and that's why other companies exist now um and right. not just knockoff companies but something like creo or mega constructs they exist now because because it's it's fair for them to to make these things now and and yeah. in the end those are very simple shapes those like yeah. i think the the thing you couldn't do now is something like the minifigure because that yes. that is still patented but the yeah. or, basic or, or rectangles like, are still rectangles. Or like this up here, if you could see it, like the windshield of, yeah. of the of the Tie Fighter, something that has that that like that licensed IP. Yeah. Sorry, continue. So you you picked up that uh that that modular kit. He had that was that's the first release. Um, do you know if Global Bricks has put out anything else since then? I do not, and I haven't researched it, but I will say I do have some box art here if you want to check it out. Um. They're, they're, they had a they had a line planned. Um, this was the first building that they wanted to bring to market, and this is what I picked up. It's sitting right next to me. Built. Um, they have uh, the guy. The guy basically had a bunch of money. Hired a uh, hired a designer. He came up with this design, and uh, like just like Brick said, you know, they sent the blueprint out to the Leppin factory, and the Leppin factory printed it out and made it. And put their put their insignia on it here. Global Bricks. This is their company, um, and they had a few other designs here that they were. If, if this one was successful, they were going to bring out. And I'll tell you right now, you know they they are nice designs. They are detailed designs. They are different designs. These are not traditional build techniques. Uh, I would not recommend this set for a novice. I would say that this is this is something that's a little bit tougher. Um, it's not, it's, it's certainly not, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to say this wrong. It's, it's, it doesn't have the traditional, the traditional build techniques that you have. This, so this is, Lego. this is a, a fan built design where they didn't concern themselves with could the bottom of the age range builder with with limited or or uh more recent knowledge of how lego sets generally come together uh if they would have any problems with it then so if you put a, a project on ideas the one that the lego produces isn't the same as the one that you submitted because they have to take it and they have to say okay this is put together in a way which is fine and beautiful and it accomplishes the shape and the color breakup that you want, but it doesn't streamline the building like all of our regular sets do for the age range it's meant for. So this is as if they had never modified anything to make it more um, traditional building style. So yeah, they they put parts together in ways that that you as a fan and a builder and a mock builder would would be fine doing in your own builds, but this some of the techniques used here wouldn't be seen in a Lego set. They'd be deemed uh, 
You know, I don't know if illegal techniques is really a term the Legos ever used, or if that's another one of those fan terms. I, I'm not going to say it's an illegal technique. I'm going to say it's a technique that is not conducive to someone who's an inexperienced builder. Like, for instance, if you can see this panel here, you see how this is one rectangular uh, color here? Okay. Yeah. And then you have the white frame that kind of encompasses it. I don't know how well you can see the individual bricks in, that are here. But until you build, Jesus, I, I'm terrible at this. Until you build this top layer here, this is just, you know, you can just pop this thing out at any given time. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no integration here on the edges, like with interlocking bricks at all. And it's those types of design cues that, that are okay, but you're not used to being a, a Lego fan over the years. You're used to a much, a much stronger structure, even as you're building it. And you can go 15, 16 steps with something not being completely secured. And then you're pushing that one little tile in and then the whole thing falls apart and you're like, fuck, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I, I ran into that problem, you know, a couple of times here. Um, but, uh, you know, and there's, there's other things like the way the bathroom integrates is also very, very interesting the way that it's put together. It's, it's more for show. Uh, you know, it looks great, but you know, in functionality, it's not really, it's not really secured as well as you'd like. So like this door, for instance, this is kind of held in. It's, like it's not going anywhere, but it's held in by Lego that was built around it rather than studs on top plate and locking together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you can see, oh, I don't know if I can get this angle for you correctly. Uh, something just fell out of there. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to show you. See that bathtub here? It kind of goes underneath the wall. Yeah, yeah. Like it's kind of got an indentation. So like that's like that part here, like that's this that's this piece right here. And it, it'll slide out if two of you know, if two of these if two of these tiles aren't here, this will just slide right out. It's just weird stuff like that, stuff that you're not used to. Nothing bad per se or you know, inappropriate, just different, you know. Um you know, as far as going with uh, as far as going with some differences that you're going to see from this to a traditional set, um, I ran into some issues with some elements and I was, you know, I was warned that some things, you know, you may see fitment problems with, you know, aftermarket Lego. And that was something that I had heard for years and years. And that was one of the reasons that I pr predominantly stayed away from this. I didn't want to deal with fitment problems and stuff like that. And they did exist. But in didn't, fairness, didn't they were minimal. It was, it was the the smallest elements were the ones that were might give you issues. Wouldn't that yes. what I remember him saying? Yes, he did, and he was right. I mean, there's <laughs> there's no doubt about it. That is where this set struggles. Um, now, that said, I would be very hesitant to get something like, say, a Technics uh, aftermarket set because of little issues like that when i'm talking when you're talking about gear lash when you're talking about um you know different like those uh those circular pegs that that put everything to you know that tie everything together i don't know the name of the element i'm sure you do the the pins yeah pins or axles yeah yeah i mean when you're talking about things like that and you're talking about very minute clearances and you're talking about building drive trains with seven or eight speed manual transmissions with drive and reverse i'd be a little hesitant there um, the biggest problem that I ran into with fitment were these one by one tiles. And I'm going to try and do this because there's so much shit in here. I just don't want to spill it. There's so many different 
little elements. Getting these things straight, those little yellow and brown things, is a damn nightmare, and they are not symmetrical. Some of them are different shapes. Some of them, I'm not different shapes. Some of them are a little bigger or a little smaller than the other. It's very hard to notice, but you know, if you're looking for it, you know what you're looking for. You will see it. So there was some problems there. Um, there was some problems with some door frames and some windows. Uh, they don't all here. Like for instance, here, like with this door. This is just it's floppy as hell. We don't we don't see that with Lego pieces. You know, they yeah. close, they open. This is not something that we see, but we, but I can I've seen it in windows, I've seen it in doors. Um, you know, again, not a huge deal, but it's there. Um, we talked about the build techniques. Um, one thing that I did enjoy about this cuz there's some positives as well as some negatives, and we're going to go over all of it. Um, you they gave you where's the piece here it is they gave you extra pieces here so you could actually change the color from blue to brown if you wanted um and that was a you don't often see that have different options to change different colors or different fronts uh, with lego products so i thought that was a pretty cool idea um yeah that's right they don't um it's not something they come out with i mean the only example i can really think of off the top of my head is the uh the tree house that gave you the 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 spring or the fall uh colored leaves but that was much more um impactful on the the theme of the set than let's say the 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 color stripe behind the name of the store especially an unlicensed thing agreed and i mean maybe hopefully that's a, a sign of things to come from lego i mean i don't know you know if you're not for nothing if if these elements really aren't costing very much which i'm pretty sure they're not you know, in order to throw an extra 30 or 40 tiles into a set is going to be a minimal cost at, at best. And to just give, you know, the consumer an option for a different color might be something to think about in the future, especially if they're going to be jacking their prices on us. Might as well give us something else to kind of, kind of, uh, you know, entice. I wonder what um, the best uh, application of that would be for Lego to do with, with future sets. Like, what what is the most... Uh, well-deserved application of here's two different colors of something so you can pick which one you want for the model because lego has every intention of you keeping the sets as the sets that way you, you got to go buy more you want to build something yep. you got to go buy more because you can't use the parts in that set because it's that set now and it'll forever will be. What, what's what's what do you think the best application of of swap out items are for a Lego set? Currently, I would say if they were going to do the castle line again, absolutely. I mean, you can have different factions with the same set. You can have different, uh, you know, you can have different armies. You can be. It'll give you an, an incentive to buy two or three castles instead of one castle to have them uh, have them have different affiliations. Um, I had one. That's a good answer. Uh, I think I, I think depending on where they go with the fiction with Ninjago, I think that they could do something with Ninjago with that, with the different colored ninjas. You know, if you're going to have some sort of a vehicle or you're going to have all five of them or all four of them, and, and I'm not familiar with the fiction. I'm just, you know, I'm just spitballing here. But if you're going to have some sort of a universal vehicle for all of them to come out at, you know, come at you with, you know, you can have different design cues in each one where you might, you know, include different colors or you can have two different colors in one. Uh, I think there's definitely merit there. I think there's there's ways for 
Lego to give you a little bit more and then, you know, subtly, you know, kind of entice you to buy more than one of the same set to have on display. I mean, they do it with repaints in our fandom all the time with different products. I don't see why Le- why it would be, you know, be, why Lego should be against something like that if it's not going to, you know, take too much to do it. I mean, I think they also did it with the trains um, years ago. The uh, If you remember the train set that had the uh, the black engine and the coal car that was right behind it with the passenger car and the fuel tanker and the hopper car. I think there was a stacker car that you could also buy. Uh, they had Lego had different sets where you could make those engines any color you wanted. I think it was blue. I want to say blue. Oh green, yes, gray. yeah. The uh, the my own train line came yes. with uh, the the different prepackaged versions where you could be like you could pick the the small engine or the big engine with uh, with or without the tender and and what color scheme you want across the whole thing. Yeah, that's that's true. I wouldn't say that was one of their more successful releases, but that is a thing they did. I'm I'm trying to think if there's any reason, um, consumer-wise, uh, uh, why Lego would not want to include items, elements in the set that aren't to be used in in the set necessarily. Like consumer-wise, would they really want to put out something that comes with extra stuff and yeah you get you get extras of all the smallest elements but i mean for for more substantial things i is there a reason why it would be too confusing to the masses to like why is all this here still i thought i was done the the thing i can think of first is in all the old horses and all castle and western and stuff you got either the the cavity with the saddle in it you could put a person in the saddle, a minifigure, mm-hmm. or you could fill in that cavity with with the same color brick and plate or brick and tile as the horse's body was to make it an unsaddled, unbridled horse. You're absolutely um, right. And and you look at those sets, and in the end, you're either stuck with a saddle or you're stuck with a brick and a plate. Just there it is. I just wonder if that is as hard as it is to, to imagine if that's too much for the consumer to handle to have this extra stuff here like what am i supposed to do with this that that's a very interesting point you bring up uh one of the one of the co-hosts on uh on my other podcast uh he uh he did a blego batman batmobile set with his daughter uh, the one that was recently released, the one that's currently in stores. And with that set, you actually get a bunch of extra accessories for Batman. And because they was, come uh, uh, gang molded or whatever you call it, they come in that little pouch where it's um yes, where it's it's easier for them and and for the friends set to do that with the accessories too. It's easier for them to just say, maybe use some of them, maybe use all of them. Doesn't matter. Here's the prepackaged group of all these elements they're all the same color and we produce them all at once and we put them in a bag so that happens um yeah what did it what do yeah. they have to say about it well he was i mean he's not a he's a novice when it comes to lego and 
you know, when he was said and done, he had this pile of pieces and he's calling me on the phone. He's like, Mike, I think I screwed something up, man. What are these things? I don't see where they go. And after doing a little bit of research, it probably took me about 10, 15 minutes, you know, on YouTube and, and asking a couple of questions to some people. I was able to determine that these were just extra elements that came with it. So I can see where that would be confusing to the non-Lego guy. However, I'm going to give you a really good reason right now why they need to start doing it because their competition is doing it. And we're not talking just about uh, a different, a different color storefront here. We have here a whole bag of extra elements here. Now this is a hardware store and yes, they, copied a lot of lego elements some of those being their traditional tool sets that have been around for years and years now like i'm talking about like the the wrench the black wrench or the black hammer you know those those standard tools that you've gotten over the years well this company went out and they did their own set of tools like you've still got the axes you still got the hammers you still got the little pick thing tool that you got but they went and they made their own stuff and we've got uh, let me see. I'm going to just take them out of the bag because it's going to be easier for you to see them, I think, at the end of the day. We've got... I don't know. Can you see that? All right. So I'll stop you real quick because uh, um, you're more familiar with the traditional uh, six tools on a wheel. It comes on a sprue. It's the tool wheel, they call it, yes. where it's um, it's the... The, the spanner, the box wrench, the screwdriver, the, the drill, the oil can, and the sixth one, um, the, little ha- the little hammer. Yes. Um, so in more recent years, that has been discontinued, and they came up with a few more, and it now comes in one of those little pouches. So, yes, it has the, the impact gun, that, that uh, the cordless drill. Uh, they remolded the oil can. That is that is something that Lego makes. So this is a, okay. So I'm totally yeah, yeah. wrong then. So, so that the tire recent. iron as well. Yeah, the four way tire iron. Oh. The the, uh, the new the new mold on the oil can. The new more detailed like Ryobi looking uh, drill. Those are all in the current uh, tool pack that you would get from a Lego set. I yeah, did that not one. know that. Well, I've got umpteen million tools here i mean they must have given me i've got the frames over there i can count them but they easily gave me oh yeah talk about that too the fact that they uh things were on runners like the parts that you had to cut out let me get them that's um that's another uh interesting point that um we uh I forget. Did we did we do a video for that, or we were just yakking in the back of a Dust's live stream at Dust House after you bought that? But we were talking about how the uh, the bags weren't numbered, and the they had um uh parts that were still on runners, or you'd have to cut them or pop them out. Mm-hmm. And tell tell me about the removal of those parts in the runners. Not that I, I don't know if you should or should not have to do that in 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 the building of a lego set i don't know and that's just that's not the conversation the conversation is because like lego puts a few things the very fragile tiny things they put them on sprues still but um as as a traditional tool wheel right there but yeah how was the popping off of those parts from the runners what did you need cutters did you need everything you could just kind of twist them and they come off off. yeah um as a result i can tell you that they came off the sprue nicely 
I don't, I, I didn't see any reason to shave down, uh, you know, anything to make it look better or have to cut little edges of plastic off of the actual elements themselves. So they did come off well. Um, I wonder we why, why Lego can, I wonder why Lego can have parts on sprues that with the simplest twist, like they come off and they come off clean and something like Bandai, which I believe still uses ABS plastic. It's the same plastic. I wonder why Bandai can't precision make runners where the parts just come off easier. Why like they require so much uh, sanding and, and shaving. Um, or maybe they, they want you to do the work. Maybe it's just that much cheaper to produce it where they don't come off easy. That's probably it. That might be it. Um, you know, Bandai is, you know, Bandai is, uh, you know, a company that's been around for a really long time. And, you know, they have all sorts of different levels of quality of material that they use, depending on what level of product that you're buying. Um, you know, and part of part of those Bandai Gundam kits that you like so much, part of the the art of it is, you know, meticulously building them, painting them, you know, resurfacing them. So maybe they think that that's part of the build, you know, part of the yeah, like the fun of the, it. The consumer wants that element, and yeah. it just goes, it goes in their favor because it's easier for them to produce something that is uh, cheaper like that. But it, it it's part of the experience for the consumer who wants that part of the experience. So so these came off just like Lego, which is nice. And you were saying the bags were were they in fact numbered? And we just couldn't tell. <laughs> they were numbered so poorly. <laughs> when I tell you poorly, I mean. When you get a Lego set, and I know everyone knows about this, you get the bag, and then you've got this white stripe right down the center of it. And if it's bag number two, there's six black twos on that white stripe just staring you right in the face, right? Yeah. When I tell you that there was a number that could have fit on my fingertip somewhere on the bag, in what it looked like somebody took white out and went, and that was your one. All right. It was, they were not clearly marked. They're there. You got to sit there and look at Once it. Once you've emptied the bag and you've got nothing breaking up the color of it, you could hold it up. You could see the number clearly on the bag, but, but with contents of varying color inside the bag, I'm sure it was completely lost. It was, it was a nightmare. And it, you know, that that's to me, that was one of the dumbest things to me. It's so easy. Just make the damn two bigger, buddy. That's all you got to do. I mean, just make it a bit, just make a bigger two. Why does it have to be microscopic? I don't need to get my reading glasses to find my numbers on my Lego boxes. Yeah, like, like it doesn't. It doesn't need uh, a um, contrasting backing color to help that the number pop. If you just made the number huge, it'd be there. You'd see it. Yes, sir. One hundred percent. And this is the other enormous. When when I say enormous, like this is the thing. That is going to make or break whether or not I buy another one of these things. And I swear, if he fixes it, I'll buy another one. If he doesn't fix it, I will not buy another one of his sets. It makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever why there is a website on this that I have to go on to. And I have to have an electronic device next to me. And I have to get all of my instructions online. That is a epic fail. I forgot about that. So it's digital only instructions. Digital only instructions. It's an epic fail for so many different reasons. All right. One of them, obviously, is the convenience of it. 
All right. Just a pain in the ass to sit there and mess with your computer rather than turning a page. Also, you have an electronic device, so there's, it's projecting an image onto you. So you are subject to whatever image or whatever color palette is coming from that electronic device. When you have an Lego instruction, you have a printed piece of paper, and they're going to get that color exact. It's going to be the exact color of the plastic that is on that book. And sometimes with all the different shades of grays and dark grays and tans and beiges, even with Lego, it's difficult to tell one piece from another and where it's supposed to go. There was a couple of nightmare scenarios in this in this set where the wrong colors went in the wrong spaces and there was some rebuilding required because it was very difficult to tell which color that the instructions were asking for. And you think that is definitely related to the fact that it was on a screen and not printed that... um. Like uh, one of the techniques that Lego uses to to prevent that, um, I, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but they will, they won't use elements like the same element in two similar colors in close proximity, build wise in the set. They'd be like, we'll use both those colors of that element across the set, but they're not gonna be like back to back steps, so you're not going to run into that issue. They had, one's in bag one, one's in bag two, so there's never really a doubt about what it is. Um, uh, was there any of that? Because it, it is a fan built design, so they might not have that in mind. Where it's like, oh shoot, I used the wrong one because both are right here in subsequent steps. That falls under what? Uh, yes, the answer is yes. That that falls under where I was saying earlier, where you know you have you have some different build techniques here, and you have some different things that you need to pay attention to. I'm not going to blame the creator for putting those elements where he put them because that's the color palette that he wanted where it was. I'm going to blame the translation of needing that piece where it is. Uh, and having an accurate way to determine where that goes on that. Would that have happened with Lego? No, it wouldn't have happened with Lego. You're right. You're, those they, they do a much better job of separating pieces and showing contracted pieces, contrast of the colors of pieces in their models. This is more of a, we're throwing the rules out the window and we're going to make this thing look how we want it to look. And that said, um, did some of the detail in this set is certainly more complicated than things than build techniques that I've run into with uh, with their modular buildings and their creator buildings. And some of them are more deep. I'd say this is one of the most detailed interiors I've ever seen in a Lego set. Uh, I'm going to try and give you as good of a picture here as I can, but I mean, the walls are just lined with tools. I mean, the tile floor that's there looks phenomenal. You've got that, you got that chest that like that, I don't even know what the hell that thing is, right over here. This little this little display case. Yeah. You've got the wheelbarrow on uh, the wheelbarrow hanging on the side. You got crowbars on the you got three crowbars hanging right over here. You know, you got the register there. You've got another wall loaded with tools. You got a toolbox on top of there. You got a bucket for brooms there. You've got a spinning display here where you have all like a bunch of tools that are just kind of hanging out like on pegs, yeah. like you were to walk into like a Home Depot or Sears, you know, you come over here to the front of this building. Granted, I, I would have liked a little bit of color break up here so you could really see how much detail there is in the brown, but there is a tremendous amount of detail here. 
you know, I think, again, lost opportunity with, with just a little bit more color breakup. But this kind of seems to be the look this guy's going for, uh, looking at some of his other sets that he has planned. Um, so, I, I mean, if it's there's not any, all bad. You know, I don't know if you'd know, but are there any elements in these sets that appear in colors that Lego hasn't produced that element in? Like, not not original colors, but... So the, the, what made me think about it is the three crowbars on the wall. Like, that is... They also make blue. They made blue in one set. But it, some of the, the tool displays, to me, say, here is the array of what colors Lego has made this part in. And I just wonder, they have no reason not to be able to make the same parts in any uh, any color imaginable. I wonder if there's any elements in there that are produced in colors that Lego has not made that element in yet. I would imagine that there are only because, you know, Lego Lego has very specific formulas for their colors. I mean, when we when they had that great uh when we, we were talking about that gray change in the early 2000s and adding that yellow to the or taking the yellow away, whatever it was, and you put those two bricks together or those two those two colors together, those two plates together, you can see a distinct difference. Um, you know, I don't know that they got the exact color codes from Lego and and you know use those codes i mean i would i just i'm just going to assume yes i mean i'm looking at a yellow right now this very well me may, may be a different shade of yellow that has come out yeah. from lego honestly the person that i would that i would call to to check this out would be you so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. if you want to take a look at this one day to determine it you're welcome to it Hmm. Um, go, going back to the instruction thing, though, yeah, um, yeah. W- one more huge missed opportunity. I mean, especially when you're when you're selling something like this, obviously you're selling this to a collector. You're not selling this to a 12 year old kid. Um, you know, if 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 somebody in the States is going to get their hands on this, they're going to know, you know, how to research, you know, third party Lego companies and know about, you know, other avenues or other other ways to get their Legos, I I think personally um that said you're targeting a collector here and what collectors like to do is collect and if you have the opportunity to hand me a nice bound book with great colors something that i can hold something that is tangible something that i can appreciate i am always always 100 going to go gravitate towards that product it's part of the experience. It's part of the collectible. Yes, it's not. It's not my. It's it's not my. You know, it's not the actual, the model itself. But I have every single one of the instruction booklets that I have a set for. You know that. I know you know that. Yeah. Um, and I've made decisions in the past to buy or not buy sets based on whether or not they have instruction manuals. You also know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And the thing that drove me the craziest about this is because when we were having this conversation with this gentleman, and this was a long time ago, so I would like you to correct anything that I'm saying incorrectly if you remember. If I remember, yeah. Yeah. Um, It was a minimal cost to just email that PDF that was was this – that was whatever the hell this website was to to the Lepin factory and have them produce a booklet. Just like the booklet you would get in a Leppin product. A couple of questions come up. Yeah, do, do did I don't know if Leppin still exists or I'm sure they just changed their name. Right. Put put the cousin in charge and uh, moved across the street to the other factory. But yes, do traditional 
Lepin sets, as strange as that sounds, uh, come with instruction books? Truthfully, I don't know. I don't but know what either. I, <laughs> but what I can tell you is that I'm pretty sure that he said it was under $10. I think it yeah. was closer to like five or six bucks per set cost and I, to have it, them created for this. It must have been a cost issue because it can't be a skill issue. If you can print these exact replica Lego pieces, you can print on paper. Like printing on paper is such an easier trade. Cue uh, uh, the hate mail from the, the, the printing presses of the world. But uh, printing on paper, to me, seems such an easier task than replicating injection molded plastic precision pieces. It's a lot less technologically so, dependent, I would imagine. Yes. I, I can only imagine. I'm no yeah. expert. But uh, I, I it had to have been like, uh, well, if we can cut a cost there, let's cut a cost there. But I, it, it has to be a cost. It can't be a skill issue. Like, oh, the factories didn't. I mean, they were so tooled for plastic, they couldn't do paper also. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's to me there's you're you're absolutely right bricks i mean there's there's no excuse to me for this this is this is a sin this is an absolute sin i mean you know when you're building a gundam i mean you know the instructions are an integral part of that like when you're i i feel like when you're building anything like i mean i i built a uh i built a, a gas-powered rc car once and it was one of the coolest things i ever did in my life you know why because the instructions were clear and were easy to read and they went right together like that. And it was fantastic. It was a great experience. When you have to take an extra step, I don't care if it's the stupidest, little, most insignificant step in the world. If you got 160 pages and you got to take that one little insignificant step 160 times, you're going to want to use your computer as a Frisbee when you're done, done building this thing. You know, yeah. it's... Uh, it's, now, it's I, I know that opportunity. we do have listeners that prefer the digital instructions. I, I'm not before they get in the comments and go, I actually Sorry. like building it off my tablet. No, I, I know they exist and they clearly exist because Lego is now offering, I don't know if starting this year, starting last year, sometime Lego is now offering. Um, there, I, I think it's the front of the instruction booklets have a QR code on them because it's, it's fucking 2006, and we're using QR codes. Um, you can use that code that's on the printed instructions that you've already received to bring up the digital version of the instructions on whatever site they're hosting them all on. So you can you can opt from moment one of a Lego build of a current set to to use the digital version of the instructions because some kids just respond to that better and that's fair. And some adults prefer it for this reason, that reason, maybe their um, building environment is not conducive to losing that much two-dimensional space to the instruction book. As crazy as that sounds. Maybe well, they don't have the space to be working like that and to have the instructions put up vertically on like a, a monitor in front of them uh, is easier for them. And that's, that's fine. You can do that. But I, uh, I don't know if I can fully sign off on the all sets needed printed instructions forever going forward. Of course they do. 
I can't sign off on that completely because I, I, I'm I'm one with progress. I'm one with the future. I understand that, but I I don't know that we're there yet. Where you can like, what are some other products that have switched over to digital only instructions? Can can we even think of any? I mean, I'm I'm sure that there are products out there, but I would challenge I would challenge this for two different reasons. One, uh, you want to provide digital instructions for somebody? Fine, give them that option, but don't take away the option that don't don't take away the collectability of an item because you're going to stop including something that is collectible to a lot of people and to something that a lot of people really do appreciate the tangibility of it. I understand having that option for a younger generation and being progressive for the sake of being progressive. And that's fine. And you're allowed to do that and have that option, but I I can't see it taking it away from taking it away from, uh, from the collector. Um, Yeah. That, that, and and that, that has a lot more weight when you're talking about a big expensive set, maybe a licensed set, like a UCS set it's without a doubt part of the collectability. Like you might keep the boxes you you're uh, on the scale of what you're keeping. It's like the set, the instructions, the box. And I think that would probably go for any Lego, but um, I think the instructions are higher up towards the set and further away down towards the bottom where the box lives uh, as far as what you're keeping, the higher the price point goes. And with a UCS set, it's like, you're not getting rid of the instructions. You may get rid of the box. With a $20 city set, it's like, you might keep the instructions. You're definitely getting rid of the box. I think there's a disparity there. But yeah, the, the more expensive the set is, I think the higher the desire to keep the entirety of the packaging and the experience uh, in your possession, and the fact that you didn't get the option to have the instructions. Um, what would you say if the instructions were like uh, the printing is fine, but it's just like a stack of loose? It's like it's not bound, it's not glossy. Nope. Like I even... can print that PDF out of my house. Why would I? Sure. Why would I need you okay. to print that out for me here? So, you want you want the love that's put into the set to also be put into the the instruction booklet. Oh, that's absolutely! Fine. I'm not I mean, that's a bad the, thing. I mean, I can tell you from my experience. What, I, as you can see, what I'm surrounded with, I build the UCS sets, and one of the, like when I had that instruction booklet for for I'll, I'll use this example. This isn't even the best one I've got, but the the Millennium Falcon. When I had that huge like. Spiral bound, encyclopedia yeah. spiral bound gorgeous work of art the book was a work of art let me tell you something else you build that 350 gt rs or you build uh, the uh the uh the bugatti chiron mm-hmm. those boxes are absolutely magnificent when you oh, yeah. open those oh. things up the the individual the way the boxes are individually done there's artwork on each box to create a puzzle that makes the picture the book is part of that because it's set on top there's two books in the chair on box there's one on the top one on the bottom between the two of them i measured them it was an inch and a half of paper on these yeah. two books oh it's like, it's for sure on those sets from lego it's an apple products level of thought that is put into the packaging itself you're the packaging 
essentially is irrelevant. But at that price point, I guess we've come to expect that kind of love put into the packaging as well as the the product you're buying. Like, I, I'd love to hear how many people bought the Chiron and discarded the box. There is Never. an element of, look how big it is. Where am I going to put it? That's fair. Um, but I I have firsthand experience with the UCS Falcon box, the 2017 Falcon, where um, it's got the four white boxes that slide out of it, and each one has a quote on it, and the Falcon, um, like, with a trail behind it, flying further across, like a progress bar. Yes. Um, and no matter how you configure the four inner boxes, they make the same image, um, like wrapping around the box. It's That's it's amazing. really well done, yeah. And it comes with a hand truck. Come on, yeah. I yeah. need that hand truck. Somebody's yeah. set wheel that hand truck on over. I need it. Somebody needs to give me that hand truck. Here's what I will say. I appreciate all that stuff, and I love it. I absolutely love it. But I'm going to say this, okay? If the reason why my Star Destroyer is $700 instead of $550 is because if it's all the extra crap that comes with it, at that point, I might be willing to give up the instructions if that's what we're talking about. But I don't think that's what we're talking about. No. I think I think the 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 cost of doing that is minimal percentage wise compared to the value of the set and and where you're where the money's going for that set. Uh, especially if the numbers that this guy gave us, you know, are are accurate as to what he's to what they're you know he's paying to have it produced. Um but other than that, and I have to say this honestly. Other than that, and other than the things that, you know, I spoke about, the door frame thing, you know, a, a few a few imperfections in the sizing of the one-by-one one tiles. For the price that this thing was, I would absolutely recommend it with an instructions manual. Because, I mean, you're paying, you're paying like 30 to 40% less for this product than you are for the Lego product. And you're getting something that truly is comparable to what you're getting with the creator modular uh, buildings. Um, there, if, this, if this came with instructions and it was a replica of one of the Lego modulars, if it was a true knockoff, like, yep, that's the fire brigade, no doubt about it. At, at their pricing structure, and their uh, fitment issues, if they included an instruction, would you be interested in that, knowing that it's something I could have gotten from Lego? Or is there more allure in that it's another building that we have not seen? Yes and no. Uh, you asked me that question last year, and I would have a different answer for you than I have now. Um, like, you know, because, uh, because obviously we've highlighted, you know, you've heard a few of my opinions throughout this podcast and you, they've, they've really Legos rubbed me the wrong way at this point. And I feel like I'm getting ripped off when I'm buying a lot of their products. So there are products. Yes. That I would absolutely entertain buying from lemon, uh, buying from a, uh, an aftermarket company. Would I buy that star destroyer from another company for 215 bucks, 250 bucks? I might. Yeah, I might. I might do that. Um, and to me, that's my way of speaking with my wallet. Now, am I shooting myself in the foot? Maybe. 
Because if this thing doesn't sell, are they going to stop producing UCS sets? It's a possibility. But if these third-party sets are taking up the mantle and they're making these UCS sets, for instance, that medical frigate that is available, something like that, then I'm getting products that I'm not getting from Lego, and I'd be more more enticed to try and give them a shot. And who knows? You know, at the end of the day, they might start making more products than I'm interested in. Um, that said, knowing what I know and having the knowledge that I do have and knowing Lego for 35 years, do I see a difference? Yes, I do. Uh, but there's definitely a price tag on that difference now. You know, before it was infallible. No, I want a Lego product now. Well, how much are we talking? And okay, that's really so the bookshop, the most recent modular from January, the bookshop. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll take the whole buying a fire brigade in 2020 from a third party company out of the equation because it's there's more factors to it than that. They're cheap, but that's retired. The Lego sets retired, so it's more expensive now. Take that out of it. The bookshop. They, if they put out, if Global Bricks or whoever put out that bookshop right now at 30, 40% less than the Lego one that is currently available for you know, 160 or whatever it is, um, it came with instructions. <laughs> would you buy that, that's the, their version? That's yeah. important. Would you buy um, their version of it or would you buy the Lego one? And I know there's the, it's, it's like, how much is that price difference? And if it's, minuscule enough you'd probably just go i'll just get the lego one it's it's easy to get um there's promos maybe for it and i i know i won't have any issues uh i think it the question becomes more uh gray when you are looking at a several hundred dollar difference yes you're absolutely right and i think you kind of answered your own question um i absolutely usually do (laughs) yeah i mean it's uh i i would absolutely say that it depends on the savings um, yeah, it depends on if, if I'm getting, you know, if I'm getting a Death Star run and, you know, a couple other, you know, extras, you got to, fa- you got to factor that in. If we're talking about a 40 or $50 difference with a $200 set, I'd be less inclined. But if we're talking about saving 60% on a $700 item to me right now, it's, it's almost a no brainer. You know, it's, if I didn't, if I had never touched a Lego before, Okay and I built this thing, I would think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread because I just don't know the difference. I know the difference, so it's a little different for me. And like I said, there are certain little imperfections that I personally can get over, and I'm a pretty obsessive-compulsive kind of guy. I think you know that about me by now, Bricks. I mean, I straightened out every single one of these tiles inside this uh, inside this floor with, uh, you know, with, with another one of those... Uh, two by two by four plates with the little tabs on it you can actually it's a little yeah little trick i did you can actually just pop everything in perfectly it works great with the uh with the modular buildings and i did every single tile here as straight as i possibly could and some of them were a pain in the ass but at the end of the day it looks really good when it's all said and done so lego better watch their asses because they got competition and these are viable products, and I, again, I don't. I, I'm not going to make assumptions about Technics pieces. I would be a lot, you know, I'd be a lot slower to buy a Technics product, untested, unproven. Like I'm not going to go out and buy a Chiron, uh, from from a, an aftermarket company. But you know, I might go buy a twenty, thirty dollar Technics set just to see 
the differences and see if I think it would work. And who knows if it's close enough? Absolutely, I would consider alternatives for sure. So, and there it is. There it is. <laughs> Yeah, there's 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 my there's my. I don't really have any conclusion to draw on that statement. It's just like there it is. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. All right. So we uh, we we haven't done the research to see if Global Bricks has any other products that have since released. Um, I I don't know that if there's another ToyCon, if he'll be there again. Um, it's definitely. I definitely don't think it was the right fit. Um, for him trying to sell this product as ToyCon, maybe he was just really local to to that show, and that's why he did that show. But it's, it's I I have found from firsthand experience and consumer experience that these toy shows aren't good for Lego. The Lego shows are good for Lego. So yeah. bringing bringing this aftermarket expensive lego products to a show where people are digging in bins for for uh for chugs it's it's just not the right fit it's not that it it couldn't be the right fit and it would all be about how many vendors have lego and have they gotten the word out to people who buy lego that's that's all it is but i i thought it was a strange fit to see him there maybe he just lived very close to there yeah, it would it would be hard to tell. I mean, after talking to this guy, and I spent some time talking to that guy that day. I, I, in addition to the conversation that you and I had with him, I had spent a half hour earlier in the day talking to him. And I, based on you know, with what I do, it's it's one of the one of the skills that I've required is to kind of uh, acquired rather is kind of be able to read people pretty well. And what I got from this guy is that he's very green. He's very new. He's uh, he's in a he's a little fish in a big pond, and he's just kind of shooting in the dark. Uh, he's an entrepreneur that spent uh, you know spent his investment, and he's doing everything he can to sell it. And the only marketing he has, from what I can tell, is himself. So I think that he's really going on the road <laughs> in a Tommy Boy kind of a, set, a situation, trying to go on the road and sell the brake pads, if you will. And I think that's kind of what he's doing. I think he's trying to get this thing off the ground all by himself. Uh, listen, I I wish him all the best, and I hope he's successful. I mean, he's not in my mind. He's not doing anything wrong or immoral. You know, he's not stealing anybody's intellectual property. If these, if the patents, if the patents run out on these things, and if companies like Mega Blocks are allowed to exist, I don't see any reason why this guy can't exist. And he's making his own original products and. Um, I, I think he's competing. I do. I, I think he really is competing. I think these are nicely designed buildings. Oh, this this is a nicely designed building anyway. And I think he's got a lot of potential. I hope I hope he's able to I hope he's able to achieve it because he was a really nice guy. Oh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um hopefully he can put out more of these. Uh all the other so the the future designs, um I, on the back of the box. I think that's a misstep branding wise to put that out there, especially for this like initial offering. You don't know where it's going to go. Uh, I would hate to be the one putting out a product that has a bunch of like, here's what we're going to do next. And then you never hear from that company again. I mean, if you're out of business, you're out of business. You don't really care about it anymore at that point. But I, I just personally, yeah. I would hate to be the one who puts out that kind of information and then, 
And then for years, who knows who's talking about, uh, hey, remember when these were going to come out but didn't? I, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to put myself in that position. But I also noticed that the other, the future designs were all so much more ambitious looking than the, the tool zone, the one you got. Um, the first offering was, it's, it's a half building modular to very much Lego height standards. Um, the other ones were like... Identical. Yeah. The, yeah. the other ones were like, oh shit, look at this. This is ambitious. Um, I, I think they would need to work their way up to those through more of these half modulars or full modulars um even the lego modulars haven't differed too much like the, some of them are a little bit taller some of them are a little bit wider but uh they're all they all still look like they they match the set and none of them are none of them are hitting you with the uh ucs falcon versus anything prior to the ucs falcon those future designs were like Okay, this one was a hundred bucks. That one's three hundred bucks. That's a big jump for for something new. So I, I don't know what would have come out next, or what has come out next, or what will come out next. But we have now concluded uh, the Global Bricks uh, New York Mike correspondent mission. <laughs> mission accomplished. We did it, folks. Yes. Yes. It only took us the better part of uh, a year, but we got it done. So all, by the way, all my fault, by the way, because I just, I didn't get to it. This I guy knew you'd build it and we'd have you on when you built it. I was in no rush. It's kind of one of those uh, avid listeners be like, oh, look at that story concluded. All right. Check that off the list. It's a milestone. <laughs> I, I, that'll be the comment. Yeah, I felt bad because I'm like, after we had that conversation at Dust House that night, I'm like, oh, was, you know, we were all fired up about it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to build this thing when I get home. And I kind of feel I figured like you probably expected to hear from me next week. And, you know, here it is next year in May. We we, and- <laughs> we, we have plenty of topics. We uh, we bounce all over the place. We we fit things in. Um, and then yeah, you can also look at things as uh, if you're not viewing these in real time and you're coming back to them after the fact, like the whole catalog is there. You can, you can listen to that one and then listen to this one back to back. If you want Uh, it's, I like to make things very evergreen on this show because I want this to be something you could listen to five years from now. And it's, it's not, it's not dated. It's not irrelevant. That's why I, we try not to um, cover the news too much, and we try not to let big events um, dictate the way we speak on this show. Like we probably talked about the pandemic more than we uh, we should have on this show, and it wasn't much, but we probably talked about it more than we should have. We we never really addressed the the YouTube changes from the end of last year because. I knew it was the kind of thing where in five years you're going to be listening to that and you're like, I don't even know what this is, what you're talking about. I I didn't want to have any of that sully the shows, but now everything is in in the catalog. You can peruse it as you will. Yeah, and it's great that you guys have this concept with Lego. You can actually do that because there's nothing more timeless in the world than Lego. You know, you can talk about a two by you know a two by one brick. 
it's the same two by one brick that was out in 1970, the same two by one brick yeah. that was out in 1950. You know, it's maybe the color's a little different. You know, maybe they're using a slightly different type of plastic, but it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I I, I, I like this a lot. I, I really thank you for uh, for pushing me to do this and uh, get 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 going. This is a lot of fun. Yes, yeah, we try. I wish that um, the other hosts had joined us, but uh, it was very quiet today. Um, Paul called out. Nobody else responded. So that 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 gives you a look right there. Um you know what it was, man? I really think <laughs> I, I feel like they were they were intimidated by our combined level of awesomeness. And and they they felt like they, they weren't they weren't gonna shine as much with you they, know, they heard we were gonna forward. be talking about knockoffs tonight and they're like, No. That I might be out. true too. <laughs> Well, we had a we had a lot of great conversation before the show as well, which uh, it's lost now. That's only between me and Mike. You don't get to hear that good stuff. Maybe we'll come up with it again later if it it works itself into a big topic. Uh, it's not even like it's recorded, so we couldn't even we couldn't I couldn't even tell you what we talked about before the show. But we talked for like half of this length again before the show, the pre-show, if you will. But yeah. that uh. I guess that does it. We, this is this is a longish episode. I hope there was uh, a lot of meat for you to sink your meat-eating teeth into. Um, you got anything to say in closing, there, Mike? Actually, I do. Um, I just wanted to build on something real quick that you just said. Uh, that conversation that we had earlier tonight was magnificent, and I wish we hit the record button because we went on for almost an hour and we had some really good stuff in there. Well, we're doing something kind of like that on Saturdays, and I want to formally invite you. You have an open invitation anytime you'd like to come. It's called uh, we're calling it the meetups. What it is is uh, I know we're not supposed to be talking about pandemic, but we're all quarantined and we ain't got nothing to do. And as you can see, we have tremendous toy problems. And I'm part of this thing called the Nerds of Spoken podcast. Uh, we started uh, we started doing some uh started doing some episodes back in february and it kind of started to catch on a little bit we're doing okay and we came up with this meetup thing and the whole idea of the meetup thing is come and hang out come and have conversations come and build something we've been uh, i've been building legos on it on saturday nights uh jason lowry's been building gundams um you don't have to build anything you can just come and hang out and you know maybe even jump in it's a live uh it's a live show if you want to come in and have something to say or get into the conversation. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's invited. Uh, we've so had is that, as many um, as, is that a streamyard? Is that a streamyard thing? Like a maximum of six kind of kind of deal? No, we're using Zoom, and we okay. can get as many people as you want in there. Actually, uh, the guy surprised me last uh, what was it last Saturday or two Saturdays ago for a birthday uh, episode that I didn't even know about. I I looked. I looked, there was two people there. I turned around for three minutes. I walked back. There was 17 people staring at me at the screen. They were singing me happy birthday, and it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and it's just a great thing, and you're all invited to come hang out anytime you want. I uh, I most likely will, because uh, even if um, I'm not being recorded, I'm building Gundam a lot of the time. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm interested in that. Now, um, is that and like after your regular show is recorded thing or is it just that saturday and you record the show when you record the show well we uh we record on sunday the actual show the nerds of spoken podcast we record that on sundays and then we drop that on thursdays uh i'll do promotional videos here on instagram facebook uh so you can follow us on those platforms and check those out those are always fun 
that is not live, obviously, because we're recording and then uh, and then dropping on Thursday. Saturday is live. It's a live show. It's it's not really. I guess it's an extension of the nerds have spoken. It's just me and Jason, you know, kind of hitting it up. The other guys come in sometimes too. I think this week we got Wells hanging out. We got Burgess hanging out. They both got the Dom Lafredo uh, charger that they're going to build uh, the Technic set. So that's going to oh, be cool. a lot of fun. Yeah, I think Lowry's got a Gundam, and uh, you know, any anything. I mean, you can just sit there and flip a transformer back and forth. We don't care as long as you want to just hang out and be friendly. That's really all we care about. So I am. I am interested. Well, we'd love to have uh, you, man. I've, I've tried to, get, I've tried to get uh, off the runner going so many times, uh, where it's it's a model kit preferred. But as long as you're building or crafting something, you're welcome. Um, live show where it's like a minimum of two people, and I just use it as a I'm already building this model kit, so I might as well put it out there as long as I have somebody to talk to and bounce ideas back and forth, and they're also working on some kind of craft. Uh, I've tried to get that going so much, but maybe I just have the wrong um, cast of uh, characters in, in the group chat for starting that, because no one's ever available or ever cares. I just need to find the right people to fill that chat with so that when I go, hey, I want to do it at this time, at least one person is available. <laughs> That's probably my fault for doing that, but it sounds it sounds like a great time, and maybe I'll just latch on to your show. Hey, man, you're welcome anytime, man. Anytime. Got a lot of friends awesome. on that show. So uh, it's, uh, normally this is when Paul gets us out of here by talking about all the 1,500 shows on the Cool Table Network, but listen to, well, no, he wasn't here last week. Listen to a previous episode where Paul told you what you can do and where you can stick it. Uh, we'll see. We'll see you next time. <laughs>